0: Good morning, Redemption Church. Oh, good. That was a good one. I was afraid Angie was going to get a better one than I was. Just kidding. So my name is Steve Mount. I'm one of the resident pastors here at, uh, at Redemption and uh, also um, an elder. Most of you, I think I've, I've met most of you or seen most of you at one point in time as I'm standing outside and, uh, and greeting everyone, which um, I was telling my wife last night, is really the highlight of my week. Because uh, I just enjoy getting to see everyone and shake hands and giving high fives to the little kids, and every once in a while I get a hug, which is which is awesome too. Um, so on on top of that, I, mean, I might have met some of you uh, teaching a baptism class or teaching one of the new membership classes, um, and uh, or up here on stage uh, with uh, doing an interview with uh, with the Colossians who I see right here in the middle and. Uh, because um, I'm part of the, the team that works on the church multiplication global outreach program that we're still kind of developing here at Redemption Church. So, um, which uh, i have to mention that uh, Andrew and Amberlin Clauser are going to be leaving here uh, pretty soon next month, right? And uh, they still need a little bit more support. So, if uh, anybody feels um, you know feels it within their heart that uh, they could support Andrew and Amberlynn as they're going over to uh, Indonesia, then. Um, you know, definitely talk to them after the service or after myself, and we can kind of direct you in the right way. So, so I mentioned all of this about myself because we're talking about image and identity this morning. Um, and uh, we're, we're coming out of the, uh, or teaching the biblical truths out of this book, Doctrine. And we've done this for the last four Sundays. This is Sunday number 5. Um, and if you haven't picked up this book, this is a, this is a fantastic read. I, I had a, a great opportunity for a year to, to learn under Pastor Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill Church, uh, where this was written out of, and Dr. Gary Brashears, um who uh, who wrote this book, packed full of a ton of uh, just just rich, rich biblical truths. Um, so so great points to go back in, into your Bible and and uh, and read about and learn. Um, and uh, it, it's not about you know as we talk about doctrine, um, it, it's not about this book. It's about about this one here, and it's about. The information that we gather, not not that we hold on to it and pride ourselves of the knowledge that we have, but it's that information that we learn uh, that facilitates life transformation. So it's it's, it's what we learn um, that directs our worship, that uh, that directs our acts, our actions, and how we react um, and how we deal with life. And it's it's that doctrinal truths that we learn that um, that we build our house on that solid rock foundation. Not that we're going to be um, impervious to crisis at all, uh, not that we're going to have crisis in our lives, but holding on to those doctrinal truths allows us to weather through those crises that, uh, that we'll, we'll come across. So um, so let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll kind of get started. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the previous couple of Sundays real quick, and then we'll get into image and identity, and, and we're going to shake things up a little bit later on in the service and make everybody feel really uncomfortable just because I can, and I'm up here. And uh, I haven't gotten to, I, this is the first time I've been up here being redemption. I, I had been to, uh, preached a couple of times at Duval. Um, it's been about a year, so I thought I was going to be extremely uncomfortable because I could see everybody's faces and I couldn't there. And uh, y- you guys are making it real easy for me, so. <laughs> and thank God that my wife is sitting right smack dab in the middle so I can see her, he, see her face until she smiles at me and makes me giggle. So let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer and we'll see what Jesus has for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Uh, I thank you for uh, um, just uh, what we're going to learn this morning, and, and I am completely and utterly and awesomely amazed by your love for me and your love for everyone within this congregation. And, and even though it's a cloudy day out there, um, we know that your sun is shining through, and uh, will uh, you know it's what we learn about you that will that'll weather us through any storms that are put us through any any crisis and. Um, as we look this morning at, at how we were created in your image, I pray that your message will come across and not mine. I pray that everyone in the congregation will, will uh, everyone here will, will understand what it means to be created in your image and what our gospel identity looks like. Um, again, I thank you for your uh, for your grace in our lives and, and for uh, just how amazingly you you love us, Lord. In your name, Amen. So. Um, so with Doctrine, with this book Doctrine, with, uh, with uh, what we've been teaching the last several Sundays, uh, the first one that we talked about that Pastor Matt preached on was on Trinity. Um, and Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Matt blew up a kitten, if you saw the extra video anyway. Uh, and I highly recommend you go back and look at that. It was a, it was a stuffed kitten, by the way. Um, so, but it was a, it was a great, uh, it was a pretty funny video. Um, but we talked about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each person of the Trinity, um, the Trinitarian God is equal, not three separate gods. Um, and each person means that, uh, that each each member thinks, acts, feels, speaks, and relates because they are not impersonable forces. They are, they are very personable forces. And I think the Trinity has been the one thing that has been most hard for people to understand. I know when I first came to Christ... Um, uh, coming out of you know, paganism and some really crazy stuff that I did not understand the Trinity. I thought there were three separate gods, and so it took a very long time, and I still you know have tons of questions for whenever I get to meet Jesus that I get to ask, and we'll find out. Um, and then the second week was on Revelation. Uh, God speaks. God speaks to us through his word, and all stories point back to Jesus. In the Old Testament, uh, or the New Testament, is in the Old, Concealed, and, and it's revealed and Jesus, everything, all stories point to Jesus in the Old Testament. And uh, then we talked, last week was creation God makes, um, which leads right into image and identity. Um, and God spoke and created. Uh, and Matt played in the dirt on that video too. Uh, if you didn't see that, another one to go back and look at. Great video. Um, so God created us to bear his image. Um, and what does that mean? So if you go back to um, Genesis 1, it tells us right there that we were created in the image of God, and God said, let us create man in our own image. And too often today, and actually it's a very regular occurrence, that um, uh, we take on our identity in different ways and not necessarily from Christ. We take on our identity by, uh, by what we do. Um, every time you go to a party or go to a get-together or something, you introduce yourself and somebody says, oh, hi, you know, I'm so-and-so, what do you do? And you end up talking about your job. You know, maybe you're a Microsoft programmer or maybe you're, you're, uh, uh, you, know, you work at Expedia. I'm just picking out people that I see out in the audience. Or, uh, or maybe you're a cable guy. I'm, I'm not Larry the cable guy, but I am a cable guy. Um, or just maybe you're, you're something else. And you take on that identity and that's how, you, you, how people live their lives. Uh, or a little even further, you might be an, an addict of some sort. Somebody might have an addiction, and they might not be able to get out of that addiction, so that's what they do, and that's who they are. And these are identities that distort our worship and distort our understanding of God's love for us. Uh, a second image, that, or a second identity that people take on are, are, is, uh, I am what has been done to me. This is a difficult one to talk about and a difficult one that people have because it's usually kind of a, it's a, it's a victim mentality. And um, it's, uh, you know, whether it's also kind of an addiction side or whether it's a history of abuse within a family, whether it's physical or whether it's mental or whether it's sexual abuse of some sort. Um, and people live with that for a very long period of time. And that's what shapes them. That's, that's how they define themselves is by what has been done to them. And they can never really experience the fullness of, of Christ. They never really experience the fullness of his love if they're holding on to that, uh, holding on to that past and what has been done to them. And then another is uh, I am my roles, responsibilities, and relationships. Uh, you know, I am a soccer mom, I am a I am a this, I am a that, these are this is what I do. And, you know, often excuses are made or can be made for, for people because of their role in life or their relationships that they have. They're, they're uh, you know, tied on to an individual. And, you know, I've heard of stories of, of people who are very codependent and their entire life depends on this other individual. And it's not Jesus. It's an entirely different, a different uh, thing altogether, an entirely different relationship altogether. So that's what we're going to, we're going to talk some more about that, um, but uh, I want to start off by reading, um, this is a last minute edition, so I'm sorry if I don't have it up on the board, uh, but uh, um, we're going to read in Ephesians, so if you have your Bible or a phone, app of any sort, then get that out. We're going to be flipping around a lot today, kind of going back and forth, um, but it's all good stuff. So, so I'm going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, and bear with me, it's, uh, it's a little bit long, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very worthwhile. So Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms and with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace which he lays In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is, depo- who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. To the praise of his glory. Amen to that. So we were chosen, we were predestined from the very beginning, since before we were even created, uh, we were chosen and and predestined for the praise of his glory. Um, We were adopted according to his pleasure and his will. Um, We were blameless in his sight, originally created without sin. And uh, so this really speaks back to the beginning, even before we were created. In God's image that this is the purpose this is his reason we were created for a purpose So our true identity after we we talk through uh, I am what I do I am what has been done to me I am my roles and responsibilities and relationships and how that translates Into how we should be or how we were created or how we were purposed Is our true identity is is not I am what I do But I am new I am not what I do, but I am what Jesus has done for me And in uh, Colossians 3.10, um, I lost my place. (laughs) Colossians 3.10, and I have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So Jesus, before the beginning of the earth, before, you know, at the beginning of all things, Jesus created us in his image. Um, And I am a renewed image bearer, being renewed daily in Christ. Now, the second point is, uh, um, I I am only judged by one. I am not what has been done to me, but I am free because of what Christ does for me on my behalf. When I sin, I have an advocate before the only one who can judge me. Because it's only only Christ that can judge what we have done. It's only Christ that, that sees our sin and judges us. That Advocate, Jesus, the One who bears all of my judgment on Him, and what He did for us on the cross, um, speaks to that. And in John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. The third point: I am not my roles, responsibilities, or relationships, but it is only through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that I can come to the Father. If there are many of you that might have been born in a Christian family and have never experienced, you know, a certain amount of hardship or pain, or you know, maybe some, but not necessarily. Uh, you know, a, a, such a bad lifestyle that have you seen you, you've seen that transformation from from bad to good, and there, and there are some of you that have been through have been through hell literally that have had a horrible life that have been through uh, you know a bad family situation or just bad circumstances that uh, and, and you've had relationships that were destructive. Um, people who have had bad fatherly relationships have often had times in, in relating to God as a good and holy Father because their personal relationships in life were so poor. Uh, but, but Jesus says that um, that it's only through him that, uh, that we can have this relationship. So John 14:6, John fourteen six says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So Jesus came, God came down in the form of a man uh, in Jesus to, to die for our sins, to, to take our sins away from us uh, because he loved us that much. Um, and, and Jesus says here that the only way to get to the Father is through him, for, through belief in him, through faith in him. So that's how you know, how we, we change from our roles, responsibilities, our relationships of, of that distorted view of who we are, um, and f- finding a relationship with Christ, um, which, uh, which really provides our true identity. And, and in order to dismantle or reset these distorted identities, we must first realize that that no person, thing, or experience um, has the power to declare that identity. We grant them this power, however, when we harbor lies or these distorted truths. So, So when we focus on the negative things in our lives, we are distorting this biblical truth and this life that Jesus has for us. When we realign ourselves to the truths God has said about those who are his children through the redeeming work of, of Christ, we have an identity, an identity that is impervious uh, to lies as well as being, um, you know, crisis proof. So as I, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, building that rock, building that house on solid rock on a solid foundation of, uh, of, of these truths, of these relation, of this relationship with Christ will weather us through any storm, will see us through any crisis that is, that is in our lives. And, and you know, I've, I've talked to many people that um, that are going through, having a really hard time, and and there are a lot of things that are happening in their lives that that are just just downright negative. That are bad. They're having bad relationships. They're having bad things happen. They lose a job. They're out of money, and and some of these happen to the same person, you know, all at the same time, which is just is horrible. And and I've seen two different sides where people have praised God through every circumstance that they're in, and and others who have just Kind of wallowed in self pity, even though they knew the uh, they knew the truth. They have Jesus as their Savior, but they're they're saying, "My life is just horrible. Nothing good ever happens, and and nothing ever changes. And and I don't know how anything can get any better." But it's really having that relationship and being and understanding being a, a true disciple of of Jesus and following Him, and because that's really what this is all about is discipleship is 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 following Jesus. In, uh, in everything, and in all of the, the, the truths that are here in the Bible. and The, the root of many life's problems, that somebody asked me this one time, because um, if you haven't heard some of my story, I'm not going to relate it today, because the last time I talked about image and identity, I did that, and I said I didn't want to come back and do it all over again. Um, so if, 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 uh, if you ever have a few minutes and you want to hear a little about paganism or Satanism or anything, I have, I have some things to say about that. Uh, but uh, the root of min- so somebody sorry somebody asked me one time, uh, what is the root of every problem? You know, what is it? You know, people have uh, these bad things that happen in their life, or, or they make all of these bad choices. And and where would you say where would you say to start with that individual? And I would say it's all about identity. It's all about some, how somebody sees themselves and how they carry themselves and how they how they live their life. And so it really goes back to that identity. Um, So, do you see yourself as a child uh, of the one true God made in His image to worship Him? Do you see yourself as an imperfect person saved by a perfect God? Do you see yourself as a disciple of Jesus with the knowledge of the gospel that rescued you from torment, saving you for a reason and with a purpose and for a purpose? And we often talk to people who... um, who either have just been saved who have just accepted Christ and and they say I've been saved from my sin I've been saved from this relationship I've, I've been saved from uh, from all of this negative stuff all this bad stuff that has happened in my life and and, and that that is true that is great it is good but even more important importantly they're saved for a specific purpose if, if God created us in his image, uh, and He created us before all things, and He's predestined our lives before all things, then there's a purpose behind all of it. We have that purpose in our lives. And, and it's, um, you know, if, if, if people are just holding on to this negative stuff in their life, you don't see that purpose. That that image is completely distorted. And that affects your, your worship. Um, that, that affects how you act and how you react to circumstances. Um it affects everything, and, it, and it, you know, I'm not going to say it affects your salvation, but it affects how you come across to others that don't know who Christ is, that it may affect their salvation. Because if you have said, you know, I am a child of God, I have been saved uh, by Jesus for a specific purpose, uh, but then you turn around and live your life as not necessarily as a Christian would. You, you don't live your life that you have been saved for that specific purpose. And and people will see that. So, you know, I've I mentioned this to many people before. I, I work in a in an office that uh, I am a cable guy Monday through Friday, uh, but I work in an office and it's full of non-believers. Um, it's a small office of eleven people that I'm cooped up in this little room all day long, uh, and and uh, there's some very very interesting conversations, very interesting conversations. Um, we've got several people who are pagan, uh, a couple of people who are just, uh, anti-religion, anti-everything. And so I get the opportunity to try and tell people about the relationship that I have with Christ. And, uh, there, there's one gentleman that I've been working on for eight years and, uh, he, he, he still can't grasp hold of what I'm talking about. And, um, I was talking to him a few weeks ago and, and telling him a little bit about what I was uh, going to be doing up here. And, and, and I told him, that uh, that he was created in the image of God. And he was really taken aback, and he wasn't sure how to respond. And I said, yeah, no, really, you were created in the image of God. There's a purpose for your life, and God created you in a specific way. In his image, it says right there in Genesis 1, 26, that, that you were created in the image of God. He said, so, so, so God has, has an appendix? God has useless organs? I'm like, wait a minute, what, what, what are you talking about? He said, "Well, you said I was created in the image of God. Does that mean God has has wisdom teeth too?" I said, well, all of his teeth are wisdom teeth." But then, you know, it was just an interesting discussion that we had to carry it on at another time because I just couldn't get him past that point of faith. He didn't have an understanding of 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 that faith and what it means to believe in something unseen, and he was he was so stuck on you know those useless organs of of that he was created in, an appendix, and tonsils, and, and uh, a wisdom teeth, and male nipples. It was an interesting discussion. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, honey, I'm going to say male nipples in the service. She said, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, so it's those interactions that we have with people. It's how, how this doctrinal... These, these doctrines that we learn, that we understand, and and how we... How we relay that to others um, is, is how we glorify God in everything that we do um, and how we are able to, to strengthen the kingdom by bringing other people in um, and by, by seeing lives transformed. As I said earlier, that the, the information is not information for us to hold on to, but that information is all about, about life transformation, about uh, you know, transformed hearts, transformed lives, being renewed daily in, uh, in Christ. So, uh, to kind of go through, I've got, I've got 12 points that, uh, that we're going to hit, and most of it we stay right in Genesis. Uh, these are 12 biblical truths um, that, uh, that talk about how we were created. And it, this is something that has, has been close to my heart uh, for a long time, is image and identity, because uh, we, we all, I think most of us, have hit a point in our life where we didn't really know who we are, didn't know what we wanted to do, especially, you know, in a younger crowd, um, you don't know what you want to do with your life. You don't know how to, how to react. Or you're you're uh, looking at how people see you, and, and uh, you know, your whole life can, can, can change by that. So looking at uh, Genesis 1, 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we are created by a Trinitarian God. We are created by, as it says there, God said, let us make man in our image. So we are created by God the Father, God the Son, and uh, and God the Spirit. So this was before I had a right understanding of the Trinity. That was the other thing that was extremely confusing to me. Um, because coming out of, out of something that's, that's more pagan, you believe in multiple gods. And, and to be able to look at that and say, wait a minute, it says us and our, but there's only one, how does that work? Um, and, and I definitely recommend that you go back to the, if you, if you missed the study on the Trinity, to definitely go back and, and, uh, and watch that, because um, it's, it's a lot to cover today, since we're talking about an image. But um, it's extremely important to really understand what that means, and understand... How the Trinity and how they how they are in community together—God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit—how they're in community together and really set the um, uh, set the example for relationship and for community that that we should have uh, in our lives. So the second point is God originally made us without sin. Uh, Genesis 1.31 God saw God saw all that He had made and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So if you go back through Genesis and you look over uh, the first part of creation before he created man, he, he said he saw that it was good. He saw that it was good. He saw that it was good. He created this and saw that it was good. And then when we get to Genesis one thirty one, and he created man, he saw that it was very good. And it's translated that way as well. So he created man to be uh, upright and, uh, and, and moral. Um, which, actually, we'll hit, to, hit next, I think. Um, but he created us, and, and he was extremely happy. He was very pleased with what he did. So he created us without sin um, prior to the fall, uh, which, uh, which plunged us into a, a, life, of, uh, a life of sin. Um, point number... I, I missed one. <laughs> we are created as persons by a personal God, Genesis 2, 7. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, and again, going back through the Genesis story, this is the only point right here is is when it says that he breathed breath into us, that he breathed the breath of life into us. Sure, he created the animals and created nature, the plants, everything else, but here, creating man, he breathed life into us into us. So, it's oftentimes that when I pray, when, when uh, you know, like today, when I'm not sure how this is going to go about, and I'm sometimes I'm not sure what I'm going to say when I'm talking to co-workers at work and, and I'm trying to figure out how to beat the, the scientific reasoning that some of them have, and I, and I pray and say, God, direct my breath. And it's that breath that is in me that is the breath of life that God breathed into me to begin with. So it's by His words by his breath that, you know, I stand up and, and preach here today and that I, I, I go and I talk to, uh, whether it's a, it's a pagan guy or whether it's a, a guy who's just very scientifically minded or, uh, and, and believes in evolution or whether it's somebody who's on the fence or whether it's a, a, a recovering Catholic uh, or whoever it may be, that's always my prayer is, is God direct my breath. Uh, direct my words. Direct how I how I breathe. How I go about through throughout my day. How I how I react to others, um, knowing that God you gave me this breath, knowing that you gave me life. And uh, Genesis one twenty four, kind of going going back a, a page. God said, "Let the hand let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock creatures creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind." And it was so. God made us distinct with human life and value and worth. Um, he created all the animals according to their kind, but he created us separate, set apart, and different. And, and again, it's that, that breath of life as, uh, as he created us. God made us as, as moral image bearers. Um, in Ecclesiastes seven seven 7.29, it says, God made man upright. And again, that's that's made man without without sin. He uh, he, he made us perfect and holy and blameless um, in his sight in the beginning. Until you know, you all know the story. Until the fall, where where uh, uh, Adam and Eve ate of the, the, the ate of the fruit and fell into a life of sin. Um, and it's it's from there that, that we have um, we 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 live this naturally sinful life. We are we are imperfect people, but we serve a perfect God. But we're always going to be that imperfect person. We're always going to be imperfect because the only one that was perfect was Jesus Christ. And no matter how perfect you try and be, no matter how holy you try and live, there are still things that are going to occur throughout your life. There are things that are going to occur throughout the day that will cause you to sometimes react in a non-Christian way, in a non-holy way, in a very imperfect way. And we are all guilty of this. Um, there, there's really no way to, to, to get around it. You can try as best as you can, but we're always going to be imperfect. But it's that relationship with Christ that uh, that, that saves us from having to feel the guilt or the shame or anything of going through that. But but also following the, in the footsteps of Jesus and, and reading your Bible on a daily basis and staying in prayer and, and, and learning these truths... Um, our, is all part of the discipleship, the the sanctification process. We're we're daily sanctified in Christ. We're we're daily learning something new uh, in Christ. We're we're daily you know reading our Bible and and uh, and staying uh, in in prayer with with God our Father. I'm not saying that that is going to, um, like I said, prevent us from sinning, from from causing sin, for creating harm in somebody else's life, or or even having keeping one of these false identities, but. Um, but will we'll help us stand on that rock, on that, sol- that solid foundation. That's, that's all, a, like I said, the process of sanctification. So Genesis 1, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over ever living every living creature that moves on the ground. God made us to be curious adventurers, Created us, to be, created us to be creative and created us to be reproductive and, and, and have children. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed at how uh, creative people are and how God has created people to be creative. I, I, I am not a creative person, really. I can't, I can't draw. I can't paint. I can't even stay in the lines when I color with crayons. It's bad. My kids, my daughter, she, she is a wonderful artist, and I could never match what she does. She can, she'll sit down and draw pictures of people or pictures of dogs. She absolutely loved dogs. And, and she draws out these wonderful pictures. And, and I just can't do that. I can try, but I'm never going to be able to do the same thing that she does. Um, my brother is the same way. I remember when I was a kid, he would, we'd sit down at a, at, a, at, a, at a diner somewhere at a restaurant, and he'd grab a napkin, and he'd draw these ornate pictures on the back of a napkin. And, and it just completely always completely amazed me and, and I did it and it was like stick figures and you know everything else I still do that today i just and just not that creative and and I think about uh you know we, we've had we have several different artists quite several artists in the within the congregation and and in the past they've, they've created just some amazing paintings I, re, I remember the uh, um, uh, we had a uh, a series on the ten Commandments a while ago and and um, were, there was a painting for each one of those that, that, uh, that was created. And I just love those. It was amazing to see those. Um, and, and so it, God blesses us whenever we are, uh, when people are that creative. Um, Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And this is where we get the yard work. Thanks, God. <laughs> God, God made us with meaningful work to do. Um, again it's purposeful it's, it's uh, it, it was, he, he did it on purpose there was the land needed to be worked and, and later on it, you would read in here that um, you know, we would need to grow our own food in order to, uh, to, to live and, and to take care of the land and, and really take care of the earth as, as he's designed it um, and, 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 and young ones, younger kids in here there is a important part in here that it said that he made green plants for us to eat too by the way you eat your vegetables. Uh, it doesn't say eat your vegetables in here, but yeah. Um, God created us as image bearers for our own benefit and not his own. God can exist on his own, um, but he created us to bless us. He, he created us so that we, we could glorify him, but we could also receive his blessings. There, there was no need in the beginning for him to create us unless it was for that specific purpose. God created us to live quorum deo. And what quorum deo means is, is before the face of God. And, and this is something that I think about on a daily basis. That If I'm, if I'm living my life quorum deo, I'm living my life before the face of God knowing that he sees absolutely everything that I do, every thought that I have, uh, every breath that I breathe, then I'm walking with Christ on a daily basis. Uh, because if I'm not, then I realize what he's seeing. I'm realizing how I'm not glorifying him if there's harsh language that I'm using to somebody or I'm tearing somebody down as opposed to building them up again, or as opposed to building them up, period. Um, you know, living our lives quorum Deo before the face of God um, is uh, is, a, is a concept that um, I think is also part of that sanctification, where how we live our lives. And and God blesses us. Uh, he he's a good God. He's a great God. He's a wonderful God, and and He delights in it. Um, it a lot of times these days, we don't see all the blessings that we have. We don't see how, how God blesses our lives and how he, how he takes care of us. Um, where, where society tells us one thing, how, how we should have all of these things, we should be successful, um, you know, the advertisements that are out there, and talk about our image, and, and you know, young, young girls these days, I think, have the hardest time because these advertisements are, are telling the young girls what they should look like, how they should act, what kind of music they should listen to. Um, and, and so many times the wrong identity is taken on and, and many times these, these lives lead into being self-destructive in some way, one way or another. Um, but, you know, stepping back from that and thinking about how God blesses us and, and throughout your week, there is, there's a point where you have been blessed. And I, and I have done this many, many times where I've gone throughout an entire week, just kind of, you know, humdrum going through, work a 60 hour work week and, and uh, I didn't stop to sit, sit back and, and look to see how God blessed me um, during the week, and, and then when I do, I realize, oh, God, you gave me the opportunity to to tell the gospel to this guy over here, or or you put this person in my life that that completely you know changed my way of thinking and, and changed theirs too. Uh, I, funny, I, I told this story before. As uh, uh, I, I ride the metro bus all the time, and. And what an experience, because the the types of people that you get to see and the conversations that you overhear, sometimes scary, sometimes interesting, good. Very diverse group of people that are on the bus. Uh, But one day I was sitting in Redmond at the the, uh, transit station waiting for my next bus, and and I was was nose in a book. I was standing there not paying attention to the world around me. And I I was reading a book uh, called Barefoot Church, and it was about um, living kind of... This this lifestyle of of out with people and not within a church building is a church without walls um, idea, and, uh, and it was about seeing those people around you, and interacting with people, interacting with their life, and and getting to know them, and and being able to tell the gospel to those people, and uh, so my nose in the book, not paying attention, and you know out of the corner of my eye I see a gentleman who's 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 clearly homeless. He's carrying his life with him in a bag. And uh, I, I kind of glanced up and made eye contact with him. I think he had been there for a while. And he said, "He said, do you have any spare change? And, and so I dug around. I, I carry an Orca card, so I don't carry any cash with me. Um, but I dug around and found whatever change I could give him. And and uh, and then I heard his story. Um, he was a former, he's a vet. He was injured, couldn't work, and couldn't uh, didn't have anybody else to live with um, so he just kind of traveled around on his own throughout the Seattle area. And he told me this real briefly. And then he said, now I want to tell you about Jesus Christ. And, and, and here I am, my nose in a book, and, and not paying attention to the world around me. And here's a guy who wants to tell me about Jesus Christ. Who, who, he's the one that I should be reaching out to. He, he's the one that, that, that we should be caring for and, and the people that we should be helping. This is a guy who served our country. And he lives an amazingly blessed life, even though he is on the street. And he's going to different places to find cans of food. And he carries a can opener with him and opens his can of food and eats it cold, whatever it is. But he lives a blessed life. And he actually he told me that. He said, you know, I'm on the streets. I live this way. I don't have a choice right now. But I am amazingly blessed. God has showed me so many things through the streets and through the interactions that I have with other people. And I'm like, dude, you just shared a ton with me. And, and afterwards, you know, I had to hop on my bus, but I just, I just praised God for putting that guy in my life to make me stop and think that, you know, yes, it is about this, this knowledge, this information, but it, it's a transformation even from that interaction that, that you know, changes our hearts and, and changes our lives. Uh, it was just an absolutely amazing thing. So, so God blesses us on a, on a daily basis. We just have to open our eyes to see it. So now's the point. I want to make people feel really uncomfortable. And I I want to do something that's called the evidence of God's grace. And because God does bless us on on such a regular basis, and we don't necessarily, as a family, as a congregation, we don't necessarily get to share it together. So today what I want to do is I want people to share what the evidence of God's grace is in their lives. So, So just for a few minutes, if you've got, you know, short, briefly, if you can, briefly, if you have something that you want to share with the congregation, you have a way that God has blessed you in your life. I I, I want you to I want you to share it. So we're going to have a, a, an usher on each side with a microphone. Okay, number 1, number 2. Number two. Thank you, do. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, they'll pass you the microphone and and if you have something to share, you know this is this is just not about you know as we said before this is all about Jesus right this is all about how Jesus breaks things how I break things it's not broken I hope sorry Ryan um, this is about how, how, how God blesses us and we share it with we share it with others and and from this each of us learn and and each of us can can uh, uh, we can glorify God and we can we can be happy for the person who has received those blessings so um, so somebody could break the ice and feel uncomfortable for everybody else, that'd be great. Anyone? Ah, Sarah. Okay, I have to
1: confess, I'm a plant. (laughs) Because Steve did ask me to share. I needed a seed.
0: (laughs) I know, yeah. So so
1: I am the icebreaker person. Um, And I kind of jumped on the chance because it's like, this is really cool to be able to give glory to God where all this is deserved, and I just love this, so um, I'm Sarah Gunderson, and last year on June 28th, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and of course, lots of thoughts go through your head, but one of the first things that went through my head is, I'm not doing this alone, <laughs> and God, you thought I, you know, I tried to be close to God, but it's going to be like a little limpet, I don't know if you know what limpets are, <laughs> they like just stick like glue. So, um, I didn't spend a lot of time asking why, because I felt like that was a waste of time. It's like, God, I just know that whatever this is, that you're going to get me through it. And my life verse is Romans 8:28, which says, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And I've gone through other hard things in my life, and I know that in the middle of the hardest things in my life, He has given me just incredible blessings. That I, I know that He has even prepared the way before the hard things came in, and then carried me through the hard things, and the blessings have just been amazing. So I told Him, I said, okay. Where I'm going to be on a blessing treasure hunt <laughs> as I go through this because I just know that even though this is going to be really hard, that you're going to bless me along the way. And if I'm not paying attention, I might miss one. And um, there were there were so many blessings that if I told you all, we'd be here all afternoon and <laughs> Steve wouldn't get to finish. So um, I'm not going to go through all the... Um, the blessings that, that he did give me. But um, some of them were in songs um, about that time. The blessing song came out. How many of you have heard the blessing song on the radio? It says, what if blessings come through raindrops? What if healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless sleepless nights are what it takes to know I'm near? And what if the trials of this life are his mercies in disguise, and it's like, oh, there's my theme song, (laughs) so that was really cool, lots and lots of stuff that was just amazing, people that he brought in my life when I needed them, you know, I just, over and over, and I was thinking, okay, so what am I going to say today, and um, I read, reread this, I wrote this on, um, on July 8th last year, so almost a year ago. And this is the biggest blessing of all. And hopefully I can get through this without tears right now. But I wrote, um, the blessing of being in his presence. Why do I feel so blessed even in the midst of having cancer attack me? It's because I know that God is with me. I am in his very presence. Everyone says they are so sorry when they find out. And I know that means they feel bad that I'm going through this. And I know that God also feels sorry, he feels bad for me. So why isn't he preventing this or outright curing me? It doesn't matter, he can. The most important thing is that, is that he is with me at every moment. My mom has been such a great support and physical reminder that my heavenly father is there even closer than she is. He's there in the MRI chamber, driving to and from appointments. And in every little and big thing I do, why can I still feel so blessed now as I do when everything in my life is going good? Because I know that I, am, that I am in his very presence and that he loves me so completely. Being in God's presence is really the only thing that matters. What amazing love that he would redeem me and everyone else just so that we could be together forever. How awesome. How amazing.
0: Praise God. Anyone else? I, I you know I gotta say I, I, I read Sarah's blog quite a bit. I uh, tried to stay up with it as much as I could, and, and I told her that she inspired me because even through that through through facing something as as uh, traumatic as that, um, every day she was still praising God for for everything. When she you know she would put on there that she went on a horseback ride and felt great, and I and I just loved. I I, I would read those you know sometimes through through tears. I'm a sensitive guy, and. <laughs> Ask my family uh, and, and it was just amazing so, so you have blessed others Through your story as well And uh, so that is, that is amazing That's awesome Does anybody else have anything they want to share?
1: We just had the blessing Of having one of our daughters home for the weekend With her miracle baby Which is another blessing And kids and in-laws who love Jesus Which is another blessing But this is a totally weird one They came from Denver, and this whole weekend was 100 degrees down there. And I am so disappointed at the overcast because if it's overcast all the time, Corey will never want to come and live in (laughs) Seattle. And so I'm just mad. And they're like, we are so blessed that it's cool weather. This has been such a blessing this whole weekend. Yes. So just another blessing.
0: Praise God. Anyone else?
1: Okay, since we're talking about male nipples, <laughs> and Sarah's wonderful story, <laughs> last Tuesday was mammogram for Vicky. Turned my cups into saucers, um, anyway. Um, and Friday I got a letter that said they needed additional images because mm-hmm. there'd been changes, you know. And I was like, Oh my God. Uh, and so Wednesday, I went in for the additional images, and I'm just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a praise God.
0: Praise God. Praise God. Anyone else? I'll say something. Okay. <laughs> you got the microphone already. There you go. <laughs> this uh, last week, I was working again. And I'm, like, self-employed, and I'm just praising God that I had that opportunity. And he has blessed my life in so many ways that that's just a, a small part of it. But uh, I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And, and recently we were able to marry off your daughter as well. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and it's not the marrying off part of it. You know, it was a celebration that was cool. Yeah, and uh, just the presence of God there, the witness of it, and I got a son. I don't have a son, so you know, yeah, pretty neat. That's great. Cool. Praise God. You, you know, the, the neat thing is I, I got to go to the to the service, and the, and the, the really neat thing about that, um, it, I mean, I was blessed through that as well. Um, at a point in the ceremony towards the end, where where Keith went up there, and uh, Jared, Jared's father came up there, and so the four of them, the two fathers. And the new, newly married couple in, embraced each other and prayed together for, for quite a long time. And, um, you know, as I said, I'm an emotional guy. And, 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 and I, I, was, I was moved by that. It was really awesome to see that kind of a relationship, the same relationship that, that God modeled for us. Our, our Father embraces us, and it's a, it's a union between us and Christ. And, and uh, it, it was really amazing to see. So, all right. I mean, have time for one more. Anyone else? No, okay. That was the evidence of God's grace in our lives. I, I uh, um, love doing that because it's something that I think we as a family should, should often share. I didn't step on anything or break it that time. I think you even got the microphones right. So, it's those, uh, those these blessings in our lives that, that, that transform us, that change us. Um, but we have to keep our eyes open for them. You know, we always have to, to, to sit back. Sometimes it takes reflecting at a later date, um, you know, at the end of the day or at the end of the week to say, God, how, how, did, how did you bless my life this week? Because, um, you know, society tells us that we should just, you know, keep moving, keep going. You know, for those of you that have really uh, busy jobs and, and spend a lot of time outside of the home and are always going there, going there, you know, going here, going there, doing this or doing that. Um, sometimes we miss those blessings. So it, it kind of takes sometimes slowing down to, to, uh, to see those. Um, so thank you. I'm glad that wasn't too, too awkward and people didn't feel too uncomfortable. Um, just, uh, just great to share. So the, uh, the, the next uncomfortable part is, is uh, uh, you know, we're off a quiet, a quiet church. You know, during praise and worship, there's there's people that, that raise their hands and and uh, you know sometimes there aren't really a whole lot of whole lot of amens, um, you know, in in agreement with with uh, whatever somebody is saying, and uh, so I have I've kind of a list of things to go through that that you know things that happen at salvation, things that that happen whenever we find out we realize that that we were created in in God's image, um, and it was funny I, I sat in the uh, uh, in the staff meeting this week and said uh, you know Matt said are you all ready for this and I'm like, Yep, I have forty-two points to cover. And he said, What? <laughs> I got forty-two points to cover. I can't pare it down. I might try, but I can't pare it down. And, and I didn't. Because these are all these are all points that, that I want to get across that so that everyone sees themselves as as a disciple of, of Jesus Christ. That that is what we we're created um, what we were created for. So I'm gonna kinda go through these I'll read through them, and, and if you, you agree, then, then uh, um, you know, just, just shout out amen, or you don't have to if you don't want to, uh, but I'm going to go through these, these 31 things here. You are redeemed from slavery to sin. You are reconciled to God. You are forgiven for all your sins. You are freed from the law of sin and death. You are adopted by God. You become a child of God. You are accepted by God. You are justified by Jesus Christ. You are glorified with Jesus. You are united to Jesus. You possess every spiritual blessing. You are brought close to God. You are delivered from the power of darkness. You are transferred from Satan's domain to the kingdom of God. You are given as a gift. You are circumcised in Christ. You join the priesthood of believers. You join the people of God. You receive citizenship in heaven. You are a member of the family of God. You take up the fellowship of the saints. You are granted access to God. You become an inheritance. You become as light to the world. And friends, these last points are the ones that I really want to get across um, that, are, that are extremely, I think that just that very important and really sees tells about our image. You are in God. God the Father is in you. You are in the Son, and the Son is in you. You are in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. Amen. So life transformation, the good news, the gospel, it's all about changing lives. It's looking at these 31 points and and, and realizing that I am a child of God. I have been created in God's image. I've been created to glorify Him. I've been created to follow Christ. Christ died for me for my sins and I glorify Him in everything that I do. And uh, I want to end with, uh, wrap up with this note in 1 Corinthians 15 if you want to turn with me there 1 Corinthians 15 verses 45 through 49 so it is written the first man Adam became a living being the last Adam a life giving spirit The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, and as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven." Jesus was the last Adam, not just the second Adam. He's the last Adam. He came to right what was wrong. He came to correct. And praise God for his giving, for what he has done for us. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for these biblical truths that we have learned this morning. I thank you for predestining us all for a specific purpose for you. Lord, Lord as we, we listen to these uh, these blessings from people today um, I just thank you for that for all of the blessings in our lives even if times when times when we don't even see them I, I thank you for blessing us I thank you for loving us first before before all and and for uh, for giving us the opportunity um, and, and the utmost important job of living in your image and I and I pray for for this congregation um whom well, I personally love, every one of these individuals, and it's it's just amazing being here. Um, I just pray for each one of them that you you continue to show your love, that they continue to see your love, that you continue to show your blessings, and they continue to show uh, be able to see your blessings. We thank you, Lord. We love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.